0: All right, we are in John chapter 2, one of my favorite stories, if we could get my class here gathered in the middle and up front, and those in other classes flee to those other classes, they won't be as good. If you remember in John chapter 2 last week, we stopped at verse 5, we had just really set it up. Jesus is, first of all, they run out of wine. Jesus just minding his own business. Now his mom says they've run out of wine. What she means is, do something to help them. But she doesn't say that. But him being God, he knows what she means. So he says, basically, no, not now. She thinks that means, yes, happy to help. So goes and tells the servants to do whatever he tells them to do. Now, here's where a real surprising shift takes place that we don't get. So I want you to get it. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. This is where every reader Every listener would have stopped and gone, what? For a reason. It has nothing to do with wine. It has nothing to do with wine at all. In fact, you never put wine in the ceremonial washing jars, nor did you put wine in the area of the ceremonial washing jars. That was completely unclean. Do you remember when Jesus' apostles were accused of eating without washing their hands? Do you remember that? That was not a hygiene move. That was a religious tradition move. They would have a prayer, you would go in these big stone jars, you'd dip your hand in up to the elbow, you'd raise it up and you'd say a prayer as the water ran off this elbow and then you'd do the same and there'd be another prayer as it went off this this elbow. It's a ceremonial thing. And that had become necessary because people Believed uh, as they always do, after a while, people believe in a tradition that is required by God. Uh, many of you are old enough to remember this years ago. Our songbooks, when they were expanded, that was a very exciting time. Uh, I think it was in the early 70s, perhaps, to 728 songs. Very exciting times, indeed. But then, a man, one of our brethren, wrote a a song which has been called the national anthem of the churches of christ which is our god he is alive the reason they call it that is we like singing it we're good at singing it and it requires people that know how to sing in four-part harmony and we do so but the problem was it's not in the book we already have 728 songs so he in in a fit of genius printed it on tens of thousands of gummed back sheets. And this is before you had to pull away and stick, so you had to all over, and you'd put it in the back. But it wasn't called 729, remember? 728 B. Now that's not the funny bit. The funny bit is we revised our our songbooks. In the early 80s, a new version came out, had lots more songs than that did. It ran into the upper 800s, so it did. But 728B was still 728B. It was between 728 and 729. wasn't in the back. And I looked at my brethren, and I said, we tell other people to drop all their religious traditions, all the religious barnacles that have heaped up in their, you know, walk away from the Catholic Church, walk away from the liturgy, walk away from all of this, and we can't get rid of a a B. But you know that's human it's what we do this was so important to them but it has nothing to do with wine it would be it'd be like going to a movie you're in you're in a car chase thing i've not seen any of the fast and furious but maybe it's fast and furious 82 you know whatever edition it is right now and they're just chasing oh it's very impressive all of a sudden stops the scene goes to the savannah of africa and it says the meerkat lives in colonies between 20 and 118 you're going what that's the kind of jerk stop that this has kind of like the old mutual of Omaha shows do you remember them Jim would be out here wrestling with the gator and I don't remember the name of the other guy Marlon was it Marlon Marlon uh, animal name huh anyway Marlon Perkins would well he's inside safely you know Jim's out there getting eaten he starts selling insurance. Do you remember that? That was always so odd. What, what? I'd like to know about Jim now, thank you. Um, that's kind of what this verse does. And you might be wondering why I keep pounding this, because it's important. I told you last week, most of the time, in my opinion, in the miracle stories of Jesus, the miracle is the least impressive part of the story. Not because a miracle is not impressive, but because I assume Jesus can do anything he wants to. I assume as the creator of the universe, he can make, unmake, and change anything he wants to at any time. That's not the issue. The issue is he's not looking at the containers for wine. He's looking over at the traditions that have been bound on people in the name of his father that his father did not authorize. Now think about this. He is, if he's going to go through with this because his mom's pushing. By the way, I find that cool that he'll go through it because mom pushed. Not because she was married, but because he's human and he, he does say, talk to us. Talk to. He decides to use this to make a point and we miss the point when we immediately leap to water to wine. There's something else going on here. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jar with water. So they filled them to the brim. There's a couple of things very wrong here. You never fill these to the brim. Never, 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 never. Because spillage is unclean. And if it gets on you, you have to go through another ritual. He creates it to where there must be spillage. There must be the unclean. Just like he does with the leper. Do you remember a leper comes up to be healed? What does Jesus do first? Touches him rules have changed. We don't live in that world anymore. With this, fill it to the brim. It's also, I, I wonder if he said to fill it to the brim, or if he said when he, he told him fill it, that Mary was such a forceful presence, <laughs> you better, that they filled it to the brim. Regardless, to me, I find a great deal of humor in that bet. I'm sorry that you obviously don't. Let's move on. Um, instead of saying And he would not have had to give himself away at all. He could have just stood there, and and if there were wine jars and foray, they would have just filled up quietly. Easy. Or if they were in wine skins, which is very common, it's just in the other room, you just... And they're stretched. Jesus has nothing to do with it. He said it wasn't his time. Nobody knows. We can move on. Nobody's uncomfortable about the whole wine question he did it this way on purpose. If he's going to do it, he's going to make a point. And the point's not about miracles. It's about, you've burdened my people. You put traditions on my people. Now, we we laugh about this, but we all know that around our meals, we have questions of when we should pray and if we should pray. And if it was a long time between supper and dessert, do we need to pray again? And it all comes out of devotion to God, let's be fair, but also out of that whole eating quail and dying thing in the Old Testament. It's a burden when it was supposed to be a blessing. I tell my wife every night for the meal, because she cooks, I cannot. And I've had people say, you can learn, uh-uh, tried. Burnt offerings. The, the, the cattle were fertile, you know, all that other. So We were blessed in the land, but uh, no, I can't. So she makes it, I clean the dishes, that's, that's our deal. But I also, I go out of the way to make sure I say every time, thank you. Not because it's a burden, but because I am thankful. Right? This had become a burden. The stone jar thing. Another rule. The Pharisees would monitor as they did with his apostles. Fill those. They did. Then he told them, verse 8, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Let's think about this for a minute. That's bath water. That's bathtub or sink water in the bathroom. Would you have done it? Now, if you were in my class, we went through Mark, you've already heard me say this, but I want to say it again. In every Jesus story, there comes a point where you have to ask yourself what your response would have been. And in almost every single one, I marvel at the faith of the other guy because I'm reading it 2,000 years later, and I'm thinking, uh uh-uh. Your caterer. A week ago, yesterday, I did a wedding for um, um, Courtney and, and Wes. Now, Courtney and Wes Krigger. Uh, Courtney was a Cassily. They had caterers, yay, because Mama doesn't need to be cooking for all these people, right? Um, for our meal on Thursday night, uh, for for those that wanted to come and talk about early commitment, we had caterers. I was wondering how we were going to handle that. And I, I say that because with the staff I have, with the church we have here, our pastoral care ministers and those who want to be involved, they let me do the work of the church and don't let me get bogged down in church work. What a blessing. So I didn't know. I just knew there was going to be food. I showed up because I'm allowed to. They had caterers. Yes. What if one of the, this is their business. They want to do it right. What if they don't? You ever been, do not tell me an illustration, because other people may be connected in here. You ever been to one where they did it wrong? Oh, I have. I've been to really big things where, uh, I was at a Department of Homeland Security conference in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I don't know, three, four years, I, I can't remember, whenever it was. And they had a dinner, nobody could chew what they brought out. Nobody. And I'm thinking, you just served 400 people with firearms, bad food. That doesn't seem safe to me. If you were the caterer, remember you don't have business cards, it's all word of mouth, and you are surrounded by people with strict religious rules, are you going to violate them by taking a cup, making it unclean, dipping it into the bath water, and then taking it to the boss? Do you realize how massive this is? This is huge. I wish John had gone into more detail, but he doesn't. He just says, they did so. I hope one of these days I'm a they did so guy. God said, do it. I did so. I'm trying, but man, this is massive. Imagine they shook a bit, don't you? Or just kind of put it there. Here's one for you if you're extra thirsty, which you're probably not because you've had quite a lot and it's not necessary, but just in case. We'll be over there. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. So don't think these were empty by this time. This was bath water. There are times in the Bible, I, for example, was flipping through this morning and saw once again one of the lists in Chronicles that goes on Forever. This tribe, that tribe, you know know what I'm talking about, right? You're going, can we just move on? And then there are other times where I think, I need more information. I don't need the passage that comes next. It says, he did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Did you need to have that explained to you? I don't, because if he tasted it, I know he didn't know where it came from. I've been a visitor in homes before, where they had to have the minister in. Maybe I'm traveling, and here will come up a little kid, little kids like me for some reason, and they'll bring me a little glass of you know a little plastic glass or something full of water. This is for you. I'm going well, thank you. It's nice and cool. And then I'm thinking, what can they reach? Is there a plant handy? You know, it's, 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 it, this is a you know you got to think. What they have access to cool water now? Where would that have been? This was pretty much that people. Now think, think and he called the bridegroom aside. Oh my goodness! If you're the caterer, wouldn't you be sweating bullets right now? I certainly would be. He said, "Everyone brings out the choice wine first, then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink." but you've saved the best till now. Um, There is a phenomena that if you're trying to lose weight, which is fine, you don't have to, but if if you're choosing to lose weight, you might want to know about this. There's a diminishing returns on your tongue. You might not realize it, but the first bite of cake is a lot better than the last bite of cake unless you save the icing, in which case I would like to rephrase that. There comes a point where pleasure diminishes. It's still pleasure, it's not like, oh cake. Okay. no, it's still pleasure, but it's not as good as the first bit. And one of the things that people who work with, um, the people who are really trying to lose weight, if you got a coach, tries to help you pay attention to this, that the first bite of steak, and steak is not a high calorie food, but the first bite of steak is a lot better than the fourth bite. There comes a, so you're actually able to wean yourself back some if you pay attention to it. Most people don't pay attention to their eating. And so they eat until they feel full. Problem is, there's a chemical that tells you you feel full. It takes about 20 minutes to form and get to the right centers in the brain. And by that time, you, you can very easily overeat. That's the kind of, when you're on the way home, you're going, oh, it's growing. You ever had that? You're going, oh, I didn't think I ate that much, but whoa, you know, what, do we have snacks at home? You know, it, it's, a, um, it's a habit. They bring out the best wine first, why? Because your tongue is done drinking good wine now. You can drink the cheap stuff. I have friends who I respect. Please understand, I'm not making fun of them at all. Some of them are much better people than I am, who work very hard trying to make this grape juice. It isn't. It's impossible for this to be grape juice on many levels. The wedding traditions, the... um, uh, tradition, uh, the, uh, the, the word for wine here, but also this phrase. I just, just think about this. Everybody brings out the best grape juice first. Then when everybody is completely graped, they bring out the cheap grape juice. This does not work. Now, am I saying that Jesus was at a party where people got drunk? I wouldn't be surprised because he was with people who were sinners. Did Jesus get drunk? Never. He would have been opposed to it. Did Jesus drink wine? Evidently. Wine is uh, alcohol. Let me talk to you about alcohol for just a minute. You don't have to drink alcohol. For many people, they should never touch it. Because people, it does, there is a gene. And I would love to give you the figure of how many people have it, but I am convinced we don't know. Every time I read a different study, I'm going, well, they make a good point. I cannot tell you. Um, Right now, I'll uh, I'll give you a bubble. One out of eight to one out of 20. I mean, that's a big bubble. But there is a gene, and if it runs in your families, by the way, if you see alcoholism in your family, don't touch it. Stay away from it. Don't even do NyQuil. I mean, Cammie's, I'm going to make sure I say this right. You have relatives that were pharmacists in Texas, and sometimes the Native Americans came in, right? Is that correct for, um, like... um, mouthwash or something, I think they told me. I think this is down in Hamilton. You don't remember that? Okay. You're doing what? Your point? Sorry? Oh, um, somebody else's family? Is that what you're saying? I can't. Anyway, trust me, it was a great story. <laughs> Cammie's too shy to speak in church, and she's using sign language, and anybody know what this means? I'm not sure what that, no, she didn't do that. <laughs> I had, a, I had an interpreter for the deaf do that to me once in, in Lakewood, Colorado, because I was speaking too fast and too Scottish, I guess. Anyway, uh, you know, they, they crave alcohol to the point where they would drink aqua valva to get it in. Alcohol, for most people, has a benefit, but it is really dangerous because there is a, there's no gray area in alcohol. It is benefit, 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 poison. I just like that. And so it is fine to be afraid of it. It's not okay to say it's always a sin. You can't do that. Yeah, there has to be some, some movement there. God here is.